You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpahawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. So a couple years ago, I was away with the pastor's team on a retreat in the Poconos. It was shortly after we planted this congregation in the Northwest, and uh, I felt like I was struggling as a new pastor. Great things were happening, but I was really feeling my lack. Uh, I felt like I could, sometimes I felt like I could barely keep my head above water. And the learning curve felt really steep to apply the training and the skills that I had to what we are doing together in planting the church. I think the, the working out something new was leaving me vulnerable and, and feeling inadequate, basically. So this retreat was like a big step because um, it was kind of the first thing that I did with the whole pastor's team. And we went to this cabin that sits on this beautiful lake. And it was, it was still warm in September, so we went swimming in the afternoon. And I came up out of the water with the sun directly above or like behind my head. And the rays of light were reflecting into the water and beaming out from, from the source straight in front of me. And it took my breath away. My shadow was there like in the dark, murky water with the glow of beams like coming out from me and around me and sparkling in the water. It was so beautiful. I thought, wow, this, this, this is like God shining on me. This is like God shining through me. This is like God shining in me. And I, it reminded me of one of those icons that are drawn um, with like the halo around the head, you know, those circles of light that are used as like a symbol to indicate a sacred person. It made such an impression on me that I, I talked to the pastor's team about it, and then I went home a couple days later and I drew it so that I could remember. This was the picture I drew. It does not, it does not do justice, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Israel. <laughs> My colored pencils, are, you know, that's the best I could do. Um, but I wanted to remember it, so I drew it. And the reason it made such an impression on me was that I had this physical experience that helped me identify with the holiness of God at work in me. I was so caught up in my unworthiness and my limitations, and I was living out of that place. And I couldn't even help myself out of that. I didn't want to be there. I just, I wanted to get better. I wanted to be better. I wanted to develop faster. And that moment in the lake was, was like an epiphany for me. It was God reminding me that God is at work in me. That, that I could say with Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, where, where Sarah led us, that I am being transformed into Christ's likeness with ever-increasing glory, 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God is transforming me. My baptism through Jesus transforms me. I have the Spirit of God in me, revealing the likeness of Christ in me. And that was such a relief. I could, I could trust and, and keep asking for that kind of transformation that reveals the glory of God in me. Not, not me for my own satisfaction or relief. Do you, do you ever get caught up feeling stuck in a place like that? I, I talked to a couple people this week who, who are working hard at getting better, at being better, and I know the feeling. I, I still regularly want to be the next better version of myself. And this is the new year, so of course it's, it always seems like the right time for new habits, a better you, uh, in a million big and small ways, we're encouraged to try new products, develop new disciplines, get more knowledge, until you feel good about you. Find the new you, live your best life, you know. And while new disciplines are important, I want to consider where the motivation for those come from. The wisdom of the world is that you must transform yourself. But being in Christ is that you are part of a new creation. The old things have gone away and the new things have arrived. The new is here. And all of this is from God. It is not from yourself. I think understanding this, like in the core of who we are, is essential to living as a new creation. It's essential to the transformation process that we all long for. As long as we are in our own like self-improvement, working hard to get it right so we can bring our best selves to God, our ability to understand and receive the love and the grace of God is diminished. I said this last week, and some of you talked to me about it, so I know that it resonated. We won't be able to grasp the grace of God from that place because only our most vulnerable, humble selves really get our need for God's love. Every time I come to God in the vulnerability of my sin and shame, a deep knowing of God's love is strengthened. We only know the radical love of God when we can come just as we are, not in this get-it-right mode. The me that thinks I can transform me will only keep working harder or give up and condemn myself for failing. It's kind of a cyclical and, and damning process. So tonight, um, I hope that we can get closer to the love of God by contemplating the baptism of Jesus. Uh, people all over the world are celebrating the baptism of Jesus today because it is the second epiphany or, or revelation of God to the world. 
For Christians who celebrate this second epiphany, today actually marks the end of the Christmas season. We're still going. Christmas Day is the celebration of God revealed incarnationally, born King of the Jews. And then last week, the Epiphany Sunday is God revealed to the Gentiles through the Magi. And now we celebrate Christ's baptism as the manifestation of God to the whole world. Jesus is publicly affirmed by God and launched into his ministry here on earth. John the Baptist had been baptizing people with this call to repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And people were mistaking him for the Messiah. But he kept saying, no, I'm baptizing with water among you, but among you stands one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie. The Gospel of John tells us that the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. John was preparing the way for Jesus. And he was also telling people what to do. In the Gospel of Luke, uh, the crowds were asking him, what shall we do then? He says, if you have two, two tunics, give one. Don't collect more taxes than you should. Don't extort money and accuse people falsely. Repent and be baptized. And produce fruit in keeping with repentance. John's baptism was all about confessing sin and turning away. <clears throat> excuse me, turning away from it. It was accompanying repentance and as the means to flee from the coming wrath that he talked about. So it seems really strange that Jesus would come and ask him to baptize him. John recognized this and he, and he protested at first. He said, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Jesus' humanity was being shaped by this baptism. He was manifesting and revealing his identification with us, fully in this act. He was sinless, but in his humanity, he was entering into the waters in which all of us swim. He would know our sin personally. Jesus was identifying with all of those present and with all of us. Jesus re re reports, or excuse me, Jesus repents not in the sen sense of turning from sin, which our repentance necessarily includes, but in the sense he was dedicating himself to follow God's will fully on earth. This obedience to God characterized his whole life. Jesus came as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. It was no longer about being covered over by the blood of a sacrificial lamb, 
something that needed to be done repeatedly. He took it away once and for all. Jesus was doing something that none of us could do on our own. Being made new is possible because of Jesus' work, not on our own self-improvement efforts. As Jesus came up out of the water, the heaven opened and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This moment of revelation, this this is the epiphany of God, identifying Jesus, who is identifying with us, humanity in baptism. God was identifying with Jesus in mission to identify with us. Being pleased with him was not based on an evaluation of what he did, because this this was before he began his ministry, before he was tested, before he showed himself to be the suffering servant. It was not a condition of the things that he did, but the character of God being made manifest in Jesus. Jesus is the one on whom God's spirit comes down and rests, and he will be the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit that we then receive when we believe. And through the spirit, the character of God is made manifest in us. God's love and approval isn't a condition of the things that you do. I grew up hearing that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. Like Jesus on the cross is what makes God able to even look at me because Jesus is there. I'm I'm not in the picture. No, when God looks at me, God sees God in me. I'm made in God's image. The sin that mars that image is removed through the blood of Jesus. It does not count against me. This favor of God made manifest in Jesus was made manifest in Jesus. It's not because of our works or improvement. We don't earn God's approval. And these words are spoken to us too. You are God's child whom God loves. With you, God is well pleased. These words bring to life the truth of God's love and approval. When God created humankind, God said, it is good. You are God's creation and you are good. So what do we do with sin? With the fact that I make choices that are life diminishing for myself and for others. I'm not perfect as Jesus was. I still continue to live in this world that is fallen, that is marred by sin and I participate in it. But the difference is that I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. The sin, the power of sin and the hold of death is no longer binding me. I'm part of a new creation that is revealed in Jesus. We are part of that. We are living into that new creation with ever-increasing glory, which comes from God and not from us. It is the power of God at work in us. 
Our human nature is, is so infinitely complex and fragile, though. It is hard to grasp God's approval of us, especially if we get bogged down in rumination of ourselves and our sin. Either because we're so aware of our faults and our wrongs, or because our inner conflicts elicit these strong reactions that mask our weaknesses and faults. Either way, we must look to Jesus, for he is making of us a new creation. And when we fail to participate in that, we can repent. Repentance is an urgent invitation to reorient our values, our habits, our loves, our thinking, our behavior, according to a different understanding, one rooted in the revelation of God's nature and coming reign. A lot of Christian faith is, is a matter of learning to live by this different reality, even when we can't see it. Sometimes at dramatic moments, like my moment in the lake, the curtain is drawn back, so to speak. But most of the time we walk by faith. We need a community in which to, see, to learn to see and hear this heavenly vision of God's nature, of our true nature, and of the rule and reign of God. Who Jesus is, is revealed to us in his baptism. And we follow his example in baptism, and in death even, as we die to our sinful nature and come alive to the new creation, not bound by our sin. But we need to help each other discover and value God's image in each one of us. Last week in his talk, one of your other pastors, Ben, uh, encouraged his congregation to practice naming, naming one another. He defined it as discovering and valuing God's designed purposefulness in each person. And he talked about calling out, calling each other out of the limited or the false, our false existence. That's our old self and into ourselves by naming them and the goodness of God revealed in them. The more we allow ourselves to hear the voice of God over us, naming us as God's child, the beloved, in whom God is pleased, the more we can help others live into their belovedness too. We discover God's design in the new creation as we do it together. And the act of participation makes us more who we are created to be. So I read to you again from 2 Corinthians 5. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the me message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In the weeks ahead, we'll talk about what that means. In the weeks ahead, we'll talk about what that means to live as a new creation and to be ministers of reconciliation. But for today, we start with the baptism of Jesus because it is the revelation of God and God's favor through Jesus that enables us to be new, to live as part of the new creation through the work of the life and death and resurrection of Christ. When you find yourself striving and failing on your own efforts, this week even, or tonight when you go home, come back to Jesus and ask him to help you see yourself as God sees you, the beloved child of God. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.